not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system, announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of Class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. It's 7 o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Why don't I vote? Sing on like a kid, see what I'm to me. Can I go on in? Delta tonight! sound like it was ringing properly it was going bloop bloop (laughs) instead of that weird other sound that it makes the fuck is going on man (laughs) oh well sometimes when i record in my garage just shit won't work and (laughs) or it's like a bad bad connection or something something or you know like well the first time it was my computer died and i didn't know it you know (laughs) I ended up taking it in for service uh, a couple days later and was like, yeah, we gotta, you should just back up your shit and start over. Fuck. And then it happened again. Both times that happened, it happened with Witch. And I was like, maybe it's some weird Skype thing in Australia, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I've never recorded with that guy. No? Nope. Oh, man. Yeah, dude's a blast. You guys, you guys converse, right? Yeah, when I'm on the Facebooks. Right, and you're pretty much done with that for the most part anyway, right? I, I check in every once in a while, but yeah, I, I mostly hate the Facebooks. <laughs> so, how are you doing? It's Friday, I'm drinking, we're talking about some Purge movies. Yes, we are. The Purge is almost upon us. The pr- Te- pre-Purge. <laughs> yeah. 
tech technically uh, the first purge was in 2017. Oh, I know what this is. You've been able to sustain world peace because you have one night a year where you all run around robbing and murdering each other without consequence. That's right. What? It's like the purge, Morty. That that movie, The Purge. Oh, have you been here before? No, no, but I've been to a few planets with the same gimmick. You know, sometimes it's called the cleansing or the red time. There was this one world that called it just murder night. It's a purge planet. They're peaceful, and then you know they just purge. That's, that's horrible. Yeah. You want to check it out? The first movie came out in 2013, but in the dystopia, it's always a few years later, at least. Yeah. But not very many in this case, because, yeah, 2017's already come and gone. And although this didn't happen, this this feels more real every every fucking day living in this country. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I'm trying to think of a movie that would have been a little bit more <laughs> uncomfortable to talk about right now. Uh, we are... <laughs> these movies are fucked up there are some genuinely disturbing things in these movies and they are very gun heavy movies especially the second one there's tons and tons of gun violence and it really i mean it gets the fucking point across it's not like totally senseless violence like there's a reason for all of it yeah that's kind of why these movies work to me like i don't know this is uh, like by the time you get to the third movie like some of the the social commentary, if we want to call it that, is kind of ham-fisted, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> by the time you get to not Sarah Palin. It's either going to be too much or right on the nose with the new one that's coming out in July. We've seen the artwork. Um, I hope it's as on the nose as humanly possible. Like, I mean, they got a lot to work with, because what? If they stay true to the timeline, then it's going to take place in 2017. It's going to be in America because it's the first purge is a test purge that I think it takes place on Manhattan. This is an island surrounded by water, big water, ocean water. Or um, some other part of New York. And it's a test purge? Yeah, or, you know, the, the, the trial run. You've seen the artwork for that, right? In the yeah, campaign? With the, yeah, with the... Fucking the, red hats. The red hat. So 2017, America. I mean, it was kind of batshit before you start making stuff up. Yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to go about this. If it's just going to be like an alternate universe kind of thing where, or. Hold on a second. I got to go let the cat in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time that I've got to have you on the Psycho Semantic cast. It's good to be here. And we're talking about. Some, some decent I, I would call these decent horror movies it felt like they aren't very well liked in general or people dismiss yeah. them that is probably not even the worst uh group of movies put out by Bloomhouse, and they've got a no, pretty solid record they've definitely put out some shit somewhere that i didn't end up seeing yeah like when i when i uh rented the version of the second purge movie off of amazon there was like a commercial at the beginning of it with jason blum like pipping four other movies that they were putting out oh really none of none of which i recognized and i had no idea like <laughs> when that was recorded or when they started doing stuff like that where they put a make you make you watch him try and sell you some other crappy movies before your movie paid four dollars to rent i don't think i've seen that i i saw like a short video he made with like lloyd kaufman or something like that. <laughs> nah, it wasn't that. That would have been awesome. At least I think it was... I don't know. I'm a little brain fried right now. Can you imagine if Lloyd Kaufman had directed The Purge? 
<laughs> there'd be people like throwing people into toxic waste and then when they come out there's just like an eight foot dick with legs basically pierced they'd probably pier- be pierced, pierced. <laughs> everything's pierced and maybe that's just because i watch tromeo and juliet so often but that's one of the better ones I think I figured out a way to work that into a paper I had for a Shakespeare class. But speaking of low-ass budgets, I think the first Purge, uh, I don't know what you had seen or if you had seen, but I think they even did the first one with uh, $3 million. Yeah, $3 million, and then it went on. I think it made like $97 million worldwide or something. It was <laughs> incredibly, ridiculously fucking profitable. Part yeah. two, the budget was three million or no, it was nine million. <laughs> so the second one was the first, the one that you hadn't seen before. Yeah, it's weird. I saw part three first and I, I saw it in theaters and I honestly can't tell you a whole lot about it other than that there was the senator character that looked a lot like Sarah Palin. Other than <laughs> that, I don't fucking remember anything about it. I kind of vaguely remembered the first one and remembered kind of not liking it because it basically devolves into a home invasion movie kind of. And there was so many of those coming out for like, you know, the couple of years that this came out, it was just kind of tired, but they had like a good idea with the purge. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody wanted what I think part two kind of gives you, which is stuff out in the streets. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like these a lot on revisit. I watched the first two for this episode. And I enjoy them a lot. I think they're good horror movies. There's a lot of disturbing shit in these ones. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully uh, anybody listening has seen it. But this is, again, these are kind of movies that there isn't a whole lot of plot to them. It's just how the violence happens for the most part. Aside from the, like you said, the sometimes heavy handed social message. Yeah. Um, so basically, in 2014, the quote-unquote New Founding Fathers of America, which is like a totalitarian political party that's very religious, comes into power, and they, after <laughs> an economic ele- collapse, sounding familiar at all yet? Oh, yeah. So they, they passed the 28th Amendment, which sanctions an annual national civic tradition called the Purge. Uh, The first one, like we said, takes place in 2017, but every year on March 21st from basically sundown to sunup or, you know, it's 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. There's no cops. There's no fire departments. There's no ambulances. The hospitals are closed. You're all at the mercy of your neighbors, right? With less horn honking. (laughs) I guess we'll we'll start with the first movie, Ethan Hawke. Is fucking terrible. He's a what? A community vampire. So yeah, the the first one takes place in 2022. So that is what eight years? Or no, not eight years. Eight. That's eight years after that government got elected. But five years. Five years after the first purge. So I guess it's the fifth. It's five years after the purge. I guess it's the fifth one. So it only took five years for this to be like a really well ingrained thing in people's minds that yeah. there's a day where they can just go out and commit fucking mass murders. So people have different neighborhoods, different setups. Like, like uh, we'll get into that more in the second one. This this one, like you said, all takes place at Ethan Hawke's house. Uh... <laughs> Party at Ethan Hawke's house. <laughs> 
So he is married, Ethan Hawke and Cersei Lannister. Uh, is it Cersei? Lan- yeah, Lan- Lena Headley. That's who plays his wife. Yeah. They live in the suburbs, and he's the anti-purge-your-house salesman. He, he sells, like, aluminum siding and things that don't actually work, he later admits in the movie. <laughs> when you get just, like, a, a decent-sized truck, you can pull his whole entire security system down. Yeah, which... Well, I, for fuck's sake, his, his eight-year-old kid fucking disables it with the push of a button. You see everybody sort of uh, getting ready for the night, you know... Uh, what, you're supposed to put a blue flower in your window to show support for the purge. Which a lot of people do, apparently. Definitely all the rich people. There's the first social message from the movie is, the rich kill the poor. Yep. (laughs) It's like Joel Biafra said, kill the poor. Yeah, there seems to be some sort of basic understanding that, what, if you don't participate in the purge... You're left alone unless you've got an enemy. But uh, I guess the the security shit that Ethan Hawke sells, James, Mr. Sandin. Yeah, well, well, I never strictly adhere to calling the characters only by their names. So. Bert Sandin. Yeah, Sandin. Basically thinks that if you live out in the suburbs and you don't make every, anybody mad, they won't drive, you know, they'll go for the lower hanging fruit. So like a stranger isn't as likely to just come yank <laughs> drag your drag your windows and doors down so they basically legalized like brutalizing and killing homeless people yeah hunting humans and still very lopsided because it's gangs of gangs of people in leather elbow patched blazers and it gets all mad max by the second movie you know, like and, dune buggies with flamethrowers and shit and like fucking semis with miniguns. Oh, man. that It's pretty brutal. And then if you um, I don't know if this will spark your memory, but in the third one, there's a little group of teenage girls in their decked out Volkswagen bugs or other similar cars. That Oh, yeah. And they have like gold Bay K-47s. And I can't remember if the guy from Purge 2 is in Purge 3. Frank Grillo? Yeah, I, I can't I remember. I think he's in it. He plays like the fucking ladies like security guard or some shit, doesn't okay. he? Yeah, that that's the that's the character that I was thinking if it was him, that was him. That one gets a lot more into the religious background to it and the politicians using it as a tool other than for population control like it right that might have been why i didn't like it the first time i saw it is because i probably didn't really understand what the fuck they were talking about yeah it's there's a lot of ceremony in that one i think i might i might have to give it a rewatch i think i got all three of them for like twelve dollars you know that's (laughs) that's one of the good things and one of them's on blu-ray um yeah Election year came on Blu-ray, and the first two came on a DVD, but not even two DVDs, just... So what? We see a neighbor comes up and talks to Lena Headley. She says that they're just gonna, you know, stay in and watch some Purge on TV. They they broadcast it on TV so people can watch it. And I don't know about you, but the beginning (laughs) of the movie, when they were showing all the camera stuff, I, I could believe that some of that was real. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I know a lot of it was fake, but like it's really well done. So it, like, I was I was trying to look for that too. You're looking for some sort of you're looking for the seams to show or the zipper in the back. 
And, and I really think that the zipper probably was, I think at one point it starts saying purge feed yeah, and, and a location. And before that, it's just footage with maybe a time. So I, I don't know if that's also like, we're almost there. I mean, these movies have to be talked about on this kind of show. It's, <laughs> they're begging for it. Okay, so you were talking about Ethan Hawke not being a good guy. Why, why do you say that? Well, he he basically sold the whole. He got rich selling the entire neighborhood a bunch of bullshit that's not going to do them any good to a determined individual who really wants to get in. So the whole neighborhood kind of thinks he's a cocksucker. Um, other than that, I guess he's an all right dude. He's trying to raise his kids right, and his kids are little assholes. <laughs> fucking both of them, and he hates the fucking daughter's boyfriend. He is. He's, he's got it out for him and doesn't want those two seeing each other. And you know what? In that, in that respect, I, I'm kind of okay with Ethan Hawke because that girl's boyfriend is a fucking douchebag. Probably considerably older. Seemed like it. I think in the in the previews uh, before the movie came out, I feel like I thought that he was part of the secondary group. I don't know if that was done on purpose, but it seemed like right around this part... Right when the purge starts, Henry, the boyfriend, shows back up at the house. I'm not here. I'm not here for a booty call. I'm going to purge your dad, basically. Right. So I think that part where he's on the stairs, Mr. Sandin, and he pulls the gun out. I think the next clip was the preppy douchebag murderer people. They kept calling the homeless man a pig, like that, like dirty pig. They showed up. So I thought it was like a planned attack before I came into the movie. And I was pleasantly surprised because that was a bit more predictable if that would have been how it panned out. But no, the kid's just a fucking nutbag. Yeah. I don't care if you're 16 and I'm I'm 18. This is it. This is going to be us forever. I got to kill your dad. It's it's. I might be giving it too much credit, but it's a almost Shakespearean kind of thing. Do you quarrel, sir? Quarrel, son? No, son! But if you do sign for you, I serve as good a man as you! No, bad! Mm. <laughs> it's know. definitely dramatic <laughs> right yeah right around this this time we said that they see oh, what's the little kid's name charlie i think charlie nobody wants to play with a charlie in a purge <laughs> he's got that stupid fucking remote control thing with like the, uh, the the robot doll on top of it with cameras that he controls with his remote control and vr goggles and uh it's very nerdy like i almost want to just like dump this kid's books or like take his lunch money <laughs> wait till march 21st you can do all that and more <laughs> this is legal bitch and that's another thing i kind of like later on i feel like they go a little bit more into it's not just people murdering it's people doing other things i lost my temper and i took a knife and i uh You know those little do not remove under the penalty of law labels they put on mattresses? Yeah. Well, I cut one of them off. Gee. Yeah, I got a real bad temper. Boy, I always thought that was the dumbest law. You said a mouthful. 
not paying parking meters. <laughs> what else? What fishing, would you fishing, do? <laughs> fishing without a license. What would Mormons do in the purge? They'd litter. Uh, it's spitting pu- public. I can't believe Jesus called me a dick. Although I heard, okay, we're in one of our first tangents uh, or diversions. Speaking of Mormons, uh, in Utah, over closer, how how far away is Utah from you? Is it two states over or do you share a border? Uh, we share a border. It's about Salt Lake is about five, five hours from here. Okay. So they elected a female mayor. And 11 people in the city government resigned because they couldn't work for a woman and she wasn't, uh, I forget what the word, it's like how Amish call us the English sometimes, you know, it's whatever, there's a special word for somebody that's not Mormon out there. And since she wasn't religious and a woman, they just had to quit. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) How do we get there? Oh, Mormons and the purge. Uh, what, what else would you do? Besides killing someone, if you were in the purge, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I would just hide in my house with a fucking shitload of guns and <laughs> put up better barricades than Ethan Hawke. Yeah, or just or just hide. I, I would just hide. I don't. I don't want any part of people. Fucking. I don't know. Isn't that the whole point of society or why we have laws is so that people like don't do the things that they want to do? Like, <laughs> I just. I have. I have slight problems with the logic of the whole thing. Like. Uh, obviously the realistic part of it to me is that like rich people would want bad enough to get rid of poor people that they would pass legislation to create a fucking holiday where you could kill people. That honestly doesn't seem that far fetched to me. I mean, it's you, you see, I don't know. You see the seeming contempt for people, especially, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely biased against this Congress, but I mean, from what I understand, the, did you, did you see the thing about food stamps, the proposed change to food stamps, where instead of that, you get a box in the mail from the government full of basically the stuff that they would give to Native Americans before sending them to a reservation or some shit. (laughs) It's it's just like smarmy Paul Ryan. I mean, like I, f- I focus on Trump a lot because he is the figurehead. But I mean, there's so many fucking assholes. One of the reasons why my brain is kind of fried right now is because I've been trying to keep track of the the news cycle as it is. And oh, dude, I, I would have to be heavily medicated to do what you do in that respect. Like, I, that's that's a lot of why I left Facebook at least temp- temporarily is because I just can't fucking. I can't deal with the shit. Sometimes there's good news. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> that's true. There is what so far there have been about 15 indictments in the, the Russian investigation. Uh, 15, Yay. I think somewhere around there. But then there's, you know, shrinking the national monuments, going after Medicare, Medicaid, talking about cutting social security, even though, Social Security doesn't impact. It's just try to think of others. Try to have empathy. That empathy is a big part of the purge. Well, climb what? off my well, climb off my soapbox a little bit. <laughs> well, um, the way I see it, like, God damn it, I had a train of thought there for a second. Now it's it's completely escaping me. What the fuck were you talking about? Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, food stamps. <laughs> oh yeah, those people. <laughs> 
Like, uh, yeah, I have no love for this current administration either. And again, it's what seems a little bit more realistic about the aspect of like a purge being actually a thing and legalized and like embraced by people is that, I don't know, this is the absolute fucking contempt that our leaders seem to have for us and the stupidity that they have. Like, I could totally see the purge happening as just like a fucking meme that one of these guys saw. And it <laughs> becomes legislation just like as a fucking joke at the end of like all these dick bags turns in government before they get sent to fucking prison, basically. And it just happens because people are that dumb, like like all these fuckheads who voted for Harambe and shit would actually, you know, if you put it to ballot, be like, fuck, yeah, I want to fucking purge the fucking co- the call of duty generation. Let's call them. I, I, I like what you said about last act before going to jail is I, I've been <laughs> thinking about it. It is like there's a lot of old, old guys in the government that are acting like they know they're not getting their security deposit back. Yeah, pretty much. They're just winding down that clock as fast as they fucking can, like for themselves and the rest of society. Purge, 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 purge. So, yeah, like we've sort of hinted at, the little kid with the sort of pervert robot that goes around taking pictures of people's butts. (laughs) Is that what he was using that for? Well, at least that was the angle. Uh, (laughs) He lets in a guy who I don't think, is he just called Homeless Man in the credits? I don't think I ever caught his name. I think in the second one, they reveal what his name. It's like Herbert or something. You you already warned people about names earlier. I don't remember names either. So let's call him Herbert. Herbert, the homeless guy. Herbert, the homeless guy. He is basically being hunted by these, like Patrick Bateman's little brother type guy. Yeah. If if Patrick Bateman was in fucking high school. So they they show up and they're like, well, we see that you let in a, a garbage poor person. (laughs) <laughs> we're we're like you we're cool just give them to us so we can cut them into pieces in your driveway and we'll be on we'll be on our way secret handshake <laughs> what ethan hawk is okay pretty much right off the bat well we're gonna give them to him and gradually everybody in the family thinks that they've gone too far in wanting to <laughs> hand over a person uh, yeah, that, that was a really, really ham-fisted scene where they all are just like, well, I've come to my senses. I, this is, what have, we, what have we become? What are we doing to ourselves? How could we do this? It's like, oh, give me a fucking break with this shit. I mean, some, some parts of the country, like, if a strange person is in your house, like, you shoot first and ask questions later. The dude shouldn't have been surprised that the family was acting a little hostile. I think he kept that in mind, as we'll probably see. He definitely he makes it count his new lease on life or I maybe to show that he's like the best person in the movie. The movie wastes a lot of time making you think that he's not, though, like that he's some sort of a threat against the family. And, you know, the whole time that he's not he's not going to shoot the girl when he fucking like takes her and uses her as a shield, basically, or whatever. And you just, you know that he's going to end up being like the good guy and saving the fucking day because he's like the, uh, I don't know what kind of hero you would describe him as. Herbert, the homeless Han Solo. (laughs) Herbert, the homeless hero. Triple H. (laughs) Oh man. He's that Triple H running down the road saying, help, help. (laughs) The door shut. Yeah. (laughs) 
making him run. Sorry. Better luck next purge. <laughs> Better be a fucking tank behind that dude. But I like that uh, since we're at least I'm mentally outside watching Triple H run down that cul-de-sac. <laughs> um, that was another, I think, one of the more subtle touches in the movie was when they were setting up the beginning. It was just any other day. Everybody's going about their business, doing their thing. But instead of, you know, old man Johnson raking up leaves and taking out the garbage, he's like fucking sharpening a machete. Everybody's homes have shutters on them, like big fucking metal shutters, which apparently will do nothing because the rest of your house isn't built out of steel. So (laughs) pulling the fucking frame of the front of your house down is not that hard for a big truck. So, you know, uh, be careful who you anger. And that's that's a bummer for me because the the most often I'm ever harassed by anybody, it's usually a big douchebag in a big truck all the time. Man, they would be able to rip all my shit off. You could haul my house away with a truck like I've seen people driving around town. <laughs> In the summertime, mind you, not just when the roads are shitty. All, all kinds of big truck guys out driving in the snow. Choking coal or whatever that assholey thing is where you make extra smoke. Oh, rolling coal. Rolling coal. Yeah, a lot of cities banned that. I don't know if ours is one of them, but I sure hope so. Wherein you just have like a really stanky, outrageous fucking exhaust system that makes uh, makes your diesel or whatever fucking fart out a giant cloud of smoke behind your truck. That's real wonderful for people driving behind you. Like I just a... want to punch these fucking people. Yeah, it sounds like you've got you got a decent amount of dicks out your way. Yeah, this is uh, this is tr- this is purge country, man. And this is fucking <laughs> these people would be all a fuck about it. But there's not that many people here, like, well, good, like, there's a lot of fucking poor people in Wyoming, but, like, it's not, like, a little, not a lot of homeless people, I guess. Uh, our fucking winters are so harsh, you'd die if you were, like, super duper, like, on the streets homeless. But people here love their fucking guns. Holy shit, do they love guns here. This is gun country, which kind of surprises me that there aren't more fucking, like, mass shootings out this way, because there's fucking... Like, per capita, there's more guns to people here than any other fucking state. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe they tested the purge out there and we didn't notice because there's so few people. The the roving death government death squads already got all the homeless people, in other words. Yeah, that's possible. Mostly it's really fucking cold here, so, like, the homeless people just hitchhike down to California or something. If it was a totalitarian religious government, they would definitely do the first purging in the the cities with the elite libs hollywood yeah hollywood san francisco (laughs) the hollywood liberals or the let's have a bunch of people kill each other and destroy art yeah those fucking hippies (laughs) we're gonna start a thing called a purge so we get rid of all their homeless drug abusing worthless asses i think they get into that in the second one because it is there is some uh monetary social um social control things because they're supplementing uh yeah they they some rich people buy like basically people who are terminally ill to kill them like in the safety of their own rich people homes and they compensate the families like the the two people in the sequel get the fucking hundred thousand dollars or whatever 
which is pretty grim and like it gets into kind of like hostile territory. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't, I don't disbelieve that things like this could be going on, but I mean, it's kind of far fetched. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if things like this were going on. <laughs> well, I think that was sort of part of what Roth said helped him think of the idea for hostile because it wasn't so much that rich people were kidnapping tourists to kill them. I think there was something like people were sick people or something like that would sell themselves to somebody to kill them for money. I don't know. I mean, that that sounds like it's kind of far-fetched, but I mean, we think poverty is poverty here. It's even crazier in some other places. I guess we're almost to part two anyway. But um, so, yeah, they they're like, oh, we're going to fight. I think what? In movie fashion, as soon as Ethan Hawke says we're going to fight, they tear down the doors and people come in and there's what that weird couple that when they're attacking people, the girls tickling you. I must have missed that because I, I was reading about that in the notes like or the, like the Wikipedia page or something somewhere. And I don't remember that part where the fucking chick is tickling anybody. Uh, OK, so uh, there's the one couple and Ethan Hawke fights them. And he finally kills them. The girl's got the axe. And then as soon as he starts to leave the room, the Patrick Bateman's high school brother was just waiting there to stab him. And he's, you know, thank you for your sacrifice. We are all awesomely one with God because we've killed and cleansed and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And then it shoots to Lena Headley upstairs. And that's when the couple jump on her and every time i watch it i think they're gonna molest her i don't know why (laughs) but it's just like it's very jarring they the guy's holding her arms on the floor with her arms up above her head and she's on her back and the girl with the knife crawls onto her and she's like tickling her and stuff and um (laughs) then she pulls up the knife and she's getting ready to to stab her and uh the neighbor, <laughs> the neighbors that you've seen taking out the people in the yard, the neighbor shows up and shoots the guy and the girl. Lena Headley's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I wouldn't thank us just yet. And oh, right. They're, you're not theirs. You're, you're ours. You took all our money. You flaunted that shit. We're going to we're going to kill you and cleanse ourselves. Which I would under, I could understand, like from their point of view. Why they would be pissed and like, I don't know. It, it feels cheesy in the movie. It's like the old switcheroo. You thought they were safe, but really the <laughs> neighbors are there to fucking kill them, not save them. But uh, I don't know. It's it's one of the, I say this all the time when we talk about movies. The movie had to end somehow. So <laughs> this is how they chose to end it is with the fucking the old switcheroo. And it goes back to what I was saying about the, the about homeless Henry or Harry or whatever the fuck his name is. And how he he's going to be the one to save the day. And sure enough, that's pretty much what happened. He fucking busts in, busts a cap in a couple of rich white people's faces. And then they stand around. Uh, that was, that's was what fucking drove me crazy is they just stand there until the purge is over. It's 7 a.m. or whatever. And that's it. That's how the movie decided to end. And then it's over. Do you think uh, Ethan Hawke dies? I hope so. <laughs> don't really like him as an actor so is i I think that was her her dramatic thing my family is destroyed there will be no more blood spilled tonight and then she breaks that 
asshole lady's nose. Listen, the ending of this movie kind of pisses me off. Go for it, man. Or that's that. That's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. It's just, <laughs> it's just horribly predictable, and like you see all of this coming a mile away, and it's just it, fall, it falls kind of flat for me. It's kind of an uninteresting way to end like an interesting idea. I don't yeah. know. I want to see Lena Headley fucking just like go burn the whole fucking neighborhood down. That that would have been yeah. Kill all them rich white folk. That would have been very very Cersei. I don't know. You don't. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I forget. Mm, I've seen a few episodes, but I have not seen most of it. Okay, she plays a queen in that, and she is hardcore. She, if that character was in this movie, she probably wouldn't have stopped <laughs> killing people. Off. Yeah, she she is brutal. So yeah, it falls flat for you. It a little bit. It's not my favorite of the series either. Out of the three, is it your second to least favorite, or? Um, I guess you said I, you yeah. don't really remember three that well, so I, I let's not go through that question yet. Yeah, out of, out of the three, probably just because I can remember what happened in the first movie. I, I like I said, <laughs> I can't I can't remember fuck all that happens in the third movie. Is there anything else you want to say about this one before we take a short break and play a promo or two and get into talking about part two and whatever the fuck else we end up <laughs> getting to? The first movie, it, it's pretty good. It's it's a above average horror movie. It gets really, really predictable and uh, just follows like a pretty straight and narrow line to the end of the whole thing, I guess you'd say. And... I don't know. It's got some cool action and some cool horror stuff, but it's kind of an example of a cool idea that's like executed pretty badly. But I don't know. That that being said, it's it's still an above average horror movie, and I I dug it quite a bit on the rewatch. Do you think that they had a second one in mind when they made this one, or do you think that they just ended up doing that because it was so successful? I, I think these guys, because this, this is produced by fucking Michael Bay, Brad Fuller, and whoever the guy, other guy is, Andrew Forum, I think his name is. Uh, yeah. This is Team Platinum Dunes. So uh, they crank these things out quite a bit. A lot of them, most of their movies don't have sequels to them. Like very, very few of the... 150 billion Platinum Dunes horror remakes that came out for between 2002 and fucking 2012 or so. Uh, very few of them got sequels. A lot of them made a lot of fucking money, especially like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. So um, on the one hand, I think Platinum Dunes is always looking to fucking have a big franchise. And this was a good one for them because it's not an established property. They can pretty much do what and do whatever they want with it, and they don't have to get any kind of blessing from like, like say Wes Craven for doing like more Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So, uh, or the way Jason and Friday the Thirteenth are separately owned things by different right. people. <laughs> I'd, I'd be more than willing to bet that like The Purge was kind of like a it was the best out of a group of ideas for like their flagship franchise kind of for for Blumhouse and Platinum Dunes. Right on. Yeah, it's one of those. It's a popcorn horror movie, kind of, you know, um, yeah. if you pay a lot of attention to. You can see the heavy handed political and social commentary. <laughs> it does get pretty heavy handed at times, like to where you roll your fucking eyes pretty hard. And every time, every time they say unleash the beast, like I cringe really bad. 
Because it just sounds like they're talking about their penises. I mean, in a way, they kind of maybe are. <laughs> this is my rifle. This is my gun. <laughs> this is for purging. This is for fun. <laughs> All right. We will be right back. Hey everyone, it's Mark, also known as Fancy Guy. I'd just like to invite you to listen to my show, Fancy and Friends Podcast. It's an audio commentary show where we talk about movies and uh, Scatman Crothers' dick. Danny, have you ever seen a man's penis? <laughs> I was just going to say that, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Danny, it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. You know, my bald head isn't the only thing I got that shines. Oh, oh, Mark, that's too much. You, you know what they call it? Come on, when I do it, it's too much, but... It's called the shining because of all the baby oil I'm going to put on your ass. Have you ever heard the term trouser snake, Danny? <laughs> introduce you to my black mamba. <laughs> We've covered a lot of great movies on the show, such as The Shining, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre... Night of the Living Dead, and we've had a lot of really great guests on, such as Jeffrey X. Martin, Ryan Lewis, Duncan McLeish, Darren Wilson, Court Syop. Pretty much every episode, I get the pleasure of assembling like the A-team of podcasting, and we do feature-length audio commentaries for movies. You can find the show in the iTunes Store, on Stitcher Radio, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube by searching Fancy of Friends Podcast. Just remember, folks, movies are always better with friends. Just to like say hi, my name is um, you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Say that again. It's just introduce yourself. You're listening uh-huh. to Scott and Liam versus Scott Evil. And William versus Evil. William, Scott and William. Scott and William. William, like L I A M. Am I not saying that? William. 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 Um, William. No, it's like just like no L I A M. Oh, Liam. Yeah. Liam. Sorry, I am jet lagged. These <laughs> lights are not helping. Uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's cool. Um, I thought you were spelling out the end of William. That's <laughs> okay, I got it now. Okay, ready? Yes. Hello, this is Amanda Fuller, and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Well, you aren't listening yet, but you should be. We are Scott and Liam versus Evil out of Glasgow, Scotland. In each episode, we take you on a drunken trip through the best, the worst, and then between picks from horror cinema. Well, at least we try to. You can find us online at scottandliamversusevil.com. So join us as we bear our souls everywhere good podcasts are available. Or the pub. You are you are planning on editing a lot of this, right? Like the, the stoner fest that was the Purge one. Maybe I almost felt like I was too high to do this show. Like I was about to message you and be like, "Dude, give me another like two hours or something to sober up." This shit is fucking rocking my world. But <laughs> I said, eh, "Fuck it." Darren's a stoner too. It'll 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 hopefully work out. It'll be all right. <laughs>
Uh, not saying that either of us really made any points in that first half, but <laughs> we talked about things. Yeah. Words were words were exchanged involving the purge. We are back from our break. We're talking about the purge anarchy. Anarchy. Taking it to the streets. I was yes. really surprised that this movie didn't have like a death metal soundtrack or like <laughs> like a lot of a lot of just like garbage butt rock. Or, or like the the typical like '90s soundtrack where you get like Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, Nine Inch Nails, The Prodigy, The Crystal Method, like those kind of bands, Monster Magnet, and they all put a put a song on a soundtrack, and it's actually cool, but like also sounds horribly dated. I, I'm really surprised The Purge didn't do that because it it could have very well got into that kind of territory where this movie almost like. The dude bros it's making fun of, it kind of becomes itself like a dude bro movie. If if this was um, WWF or WWE films instead of Bloomhouse, it totally would have had some drowning pool going on. <laughs> does the bodies hit the flow. <laughs> doesn't don't a couple of them? Does Chris Jericho or Triple H have a band? You're or, asking the wrong guy. I'm I not 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 in the wrestling group. Yeah, I mean, the last time I really paid attention to wrestling, The Ultimate Warrior was still a thing. So that was probably the late or early 90s. I don't think we really introduced you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's fancy. Uh, you, well, most of you probably know from me from the Midnight Horror Show, but I also have a show called Fancy and Friends. Darren was on many of those, and it was nice enough to record a bunch of those for me. So definitely go check those out. Just It's on iTunes, the usual places. Just Google the Fancy and Friends podcast. Uh, in addition to that, I'd really like people to come follow me on the Instagrams. It's at fancy underscore Mark. Uh, lots of cool pictures of toys and records and comics. And I make toys. Uh, come check that shit out. And that's Mark with a K. Not a... The right way of spelling it. <laughs> at least the American way to spell it. Uh, Mark with a C is probably lives in Montreal. America, America. There's so many patriotic songs in the Purge movies. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't get like a like a Nickelback cover of like like the Star Spangled Banner or something. I probably could have. I probably would have been all right hearing uh, Dropkick Murphy's version of Fortunate Son. That that might have been. All right. I'm not a, as big of a fan of theirs as I was when I was in high school. But they, they actually didn't do that. The, mu- the music, especially in the second one, I think is pretty solid in these movies. There's a little, little hints of like, like Escape from New York and shit in the music. So I'm glad they didn't do that. They didn't go with the new metal. They didn't go with the butt rock. It's kind of a traditional horror movie score. They don't do too many or any cheap uh, there, there is at least one jump scare in this one when um, the fighting couple, is it Shane and Liz, they're at the grocery store and there's that one jump scare of the creepy fucking looking guy with the face paint. He's trying to get into his car and the dude that's on the poster for this movie crashes into the side of him and it's a very cheap jump scare because they should have seen this guy coming from a mile away unless he's got like fucking feather feet or something. I think he was even on a skateboard. He just crashes it's, right into him. It's like Marty McFly's skateboard from Back to the Future 2. <laughs> so yeah, just... Bleh, and everybody jumps. I jumped. It got me this time. 
This is another cheap jump scare at the beginning where the uh, the waitress lady is walking home and the the creepy uh, dude in the hallway of her apartment building like he he's first entry he jumps out of the shadows and it's a real cheap kind of jump scare thing. Yeah. Oh, he was the only other thing I can remember him from was uh, have you seen Training Day? Yeah. He was one of the guys at the poker table. Oh, okay. Hey pig, you ever had your shit pushed in? Your shit pushed in. Simple question. Nah? No. Had my shit pushed in. In the with Ethan Hawk. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe he's Ethan Hawke's bodyguard or something, and he just ends up getting cast in all these fucking movies. Maybe. <laughs> There's one Ethan Hawke movie that I don't mind that I think he's our... Well, I mean, to be fair, he's in a lot of movies that I think are pretty good, but he's not bad in the Assault on Precinct 13 remake. Hey, I know that's, that's probably blasphemy because that's a Carpenter remake, but actually, the last time I saw that movie, I thought it was pretty all right. I think you're hardcore enough for Carpenter to be able to defend that statement. Yeah, it's it's just it's not bad. It's it's kind of it does the same thing as like the Dawn of the Dead remake where it just makes it a lot more of a more modern day action movie like The Purge, which we keep <laughs> getting off tra- off topic from. So, yeah, he the jump scare the fighting couple They're you know, they're fighting and they're going to split up. So, you know, something's going to happen that they fall back in love at some point in the movie. You know, that's going to happen. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and you know at least one of them's gonna die well it takes forever for them to find like they keep that a secret for at least like the first third or two-thirds of the movie as to what the hell they're talking about i think we need to tell your sister they never explain why the sister would give a shit that they're breaking up and yeah they waste like two-thirds of the movie just and then they finally say what they're talking about which is that they're breaking up it's kind of pointless, lame character development. Like these are just like the, the, the these guys are they're purge fodder. They're they're gonna get picked <laughs> off at some point in the movie. You know it. Although the chick does like spoiler alert, make it pretty. She, she survives till the end, doesn't she? Just she joins up with the fucking yeah, uh, the the not Black Panthers, right? The yeah, the revolutionaries. The fuck fuck the purge. The let's let's call them the. Almost resistance movement or, uh, yeah, the not black Panthers. That's that's because <laughs> they're about community. They probably got food programs and, uh, after school shit. So yeah, she makes it that far. There's a lot of troubled relationships in this movie. You got the waitress and her fucking bratty, annoying, like 14 or 15 year old kid that thinks she knows everything. Cause she has, cause she has the internet basically. Their asshole dad or the kid's grandpa that wants nothing to do with this and everything's bullshit and ends up fucking leaving on purge night and they can, they don't figure out later until later why. What is his name? Rico? Is that Grandpa Rico? Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> Callie, Callie's the little girl that you hate, right? Uh, Yep. I think so. I'm going to go with yeah. I'm going to go with yes. All right. All I know is Frank Grillo shows up in this movie at some point and he's ready to kill some shit. Clearly. <laughs> yep. He's estranged from his wife. She's uh, married with a, another kid, but to somebody else, he's like, say hi to your husband. I'm just going to be in this empty room. Go, but ba- go back to your new husband and your new family. That's how he says it. I've just got these pictures of this guy. I'm going to purge on my wall. Mind your business. 
They don't really explain until the very end of the movie who, who, who this guy is that he's going after, but he's loading up like fucking Frank Castle. <laughs> uh, yeah, Frank Gro- Frank Grillo is he's he's pretty good in this. Did his movie Wheelman ever come out? I don't know. See, it's hard to keep track because you know, with amongst a lot of people we know there's different ways of watching movies and people in a bunch of different countries. So I feel like it's out, but I don't know where it's an, it's a Netflix thing. I don't know. I don't remember if it ever came out. I want to say it came out right after uh fantastic fest where I saw it, which was the same thing with Gerald's game. I think it came the day came out the day after that coming out the day yeah. after Gerald's game. That's yeah, a, that's a tough, <laughs> that's a tough act to follow. That might be why I don't remember because nobody was talking about it because it came and went, but yeah, Wheelman is another, uh, it's, a, it's an example of Frank Grillo actually getting to do some acting, which dude's definitely got a screen presence. And when you see him like putting on his bulletproof vest, loading up all these machine guns and shit, you just know there's going to be a lot of violence in this movie. And Frank Grillo is kind of our John wick. At first, I kind of thought when like he's rolling out in the car that maybe he is like a purge, like not quite vigilante, but like he's a purge cop, basically, and that this is what he does. Like, that's almost kind of the direction I wanted them to go with that, which they Mm -hmm. don't don't really that he's just like like all the all the real law enforcement is fucked off. So he's just going to go out and do his like Robin Hood thing, basically, and right some wrongs and kill some motherfuckers. Which he kind of does, but it's not, you know, it's not his. It's not it's what he set intent. out to do. Yeah. yeah. But like in the uh, in the third one, there is the there are the little groups of people that run around in armored cars, being ambulances, DIY ambulances, picking up injured people in the streets and. Oh yeah. Giving them medical I'm, treatment. I'm... I'm sure there would be that. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be all people going out to fucking kill people. That, that's that's kind of the direction I was hoping they were going with Frank Grillo's characters. He was just like a, a purge cop, basically, that runs around this like fucking sweet armored car. He's got a shitload of guns. He knows how to kill some people. But uh, yeah, basically, it ends up him running into the, the rest of the characters from the movie. He saves the, the mom and the teenage girl from guy with Rambo Gatling gun in the back of a some sort of semi truck trailer. Yeah, that that's what uh, one of the scariest parts of this movie I think is the the roving government death squads. Sort of inadvertently ch- save the waitress and her daughter from the the dude they see in the fucking the, the dude from before that's like trying to hit on her that like comes up to like kill him and rape him basically. And then yeah, like this the stormtroopers kick in the fucking door, shoot that guy and take the girl's captive and are going to take her take him down to the the tractor trailer with the fucking mini gun. And the, this guy's like a villain in a bad Sega Saturn game. <laughs> it feels very Capcom, like something out of a resident evil game or something like it's, oh, it's yeah. pretty silly, but I mean, when you start to think about it, America loves its guns. It really, really loves its guns. So this isn't that far fetched. I'm sure there's at least a couple dudes in this country that own fucking mini guns. But also later it's revealed that these are government goons. They've got uh, monitors hooked into the traffic cams. They're all coordinating over the radio. And they have target buildings where they 
kill everybody except for a couple people it seems <laughs> and uh, they're, they're they're targeting the poor which like i don't know how much they get into that in the first one but that's like how how the economy has like leveled out is like there's almost no unemployment because all of the poor people have gotten killed but yeah at, at some point in the second movie they revealed that like that wasn't working good enough and people were mostly staying in their homes so they employ these roving government death squads to kill basically like the the like entire slums worth of fucking poor people Just start kicking in the doors and killing people which is horrifying <laughs> <laughs> also a little bit far fetched because like how how would you like explain that that like I mean, these people have some family somewhere. Somebody would miss all of these, like, entire buildings worth of fucking people. Like, would there be, like, purge life insurance, like, if your family gets fucking killed? Or, like, the, like, the amount of, like, unidentified missing people would go up exponentially. Because all of these fucking people get, you know, horribly killed and thrown in the garbage, basically. They, they all got families that need to be notified. But I mean, I'm thinking that it's probably not just government hit squads that are killing entire apartment buildings full of people during the purge. Well, well right. This is the question of like how how they how would how would they handle that? The, like the, how do you make like a whole building's worth of people just disappear? And it, it is basically like implied in uh, what I'm trying to say here that like you could do that. So I'm just curious about like the 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 nuts and bolts of it. I guess you'd say. Well, like like you brought up, uh, I I find it amusing that we both thought of this in watching one or some of the movies. Is how does how does purge insurance work? I know um, in the I think it's at the end of the second one or at the end of both of them they talk about how you know it's the day after the purge, gun stocks and home security stocks are soaring. But it, that is that also another part of the economy thing? Is everybody is buying new houses you know like the the family in the first one this is a year later the first movie the purge is 2022 purge anarchy is 2023 i know they're not in it but that family's walls need to be back up before this purge you know or like at the, at, the, at the beginning with the diner i was thinking about these people i'm like what happens if like a bunch of hoodlums throw shit through their window and go and rob the fucking place and tear it like set fire to it or something because they they also make a point of that that only like up to i think they said like class four weapons are permitted so you can't use bombs you can't set fire to a bunch of shit basically um you can't use bazookas or rocket launchers or grenades or anything like that like first of all how would you how would you know like if somebody just like in the in the fucking commotion that is purged and I just like blew up a fucking government building. How would you be able to track that? <laughs> uh, they but they've got those cameras everywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we are living in fucking 1984 and that everybody is fucking mo most people are taping themselves and putting it out on the Internet for everybody to see <laughs> and much less the, the super shady surveillance type shit that our government's pulling. Those... NSA, if you're listening to this, my legal name is Fancif Fancius Fanciful <laughs> Mar something or other. People are just, like, giving all of their privacy away. They don't, they don't even have to fucking come and take it. We've given it all away. So that's probably how they keep track of that sort of stuff. I forget 
somebody was using explosives and they're like you i think you get hanged if they if they find you guilty of using bombs or bazookas or shit the it really gets extra heavy with the you know christians killing the meek and saying that it's religious or god's will or whatever where are <laughs> where are we in the story um, uh he's just saved him is, from the yeah yeah all of our heroes are together. They, they they bumble around the city for a little while, running into the masked dudes from before on dirt bikes and the ice cream truck or whatever. They run around from them for a while. There's some pretty cool action. Eventually, the cool car that Frank Grillo is driving dies, and so they get on foot, and the waitress says, if you can get us to our friend's house, she's got a car. I promise you a car, a car, a car, a car. Like they say it about a thousand fucking times. I need the car. And so, yeah, they they kind of make their way. I, I forget. There, there's a lot. There's a couple cool action scenes on the way out there of like you know just general carnage that's happening. And one of them that like honestly like I found like kind of like kind of struck a nerve with me was the snipers, the dude that like cracks a fucking cold one up on top of the roof and has just this like ridiculous fucking military style like sniper rifle and is oh, just. Yeah gonna spend the purge shooting at people from his fucking rooftop that really because that's a fucking that's not that far-fetched that's going on like that's fucking spooky god you know what's even spookier i was uh i do maintenance work we'll not say which because of nsa and fun stuff like that but uh i was i was at a hotel basically today and i was about to get on an elevator and a dude walked past me and had what was clearly a fucking gun case and he he looked like the hunter type, like he was like kind of like, I don't know, I'm sure that this is, like I said, this is gun country. There's lots of hunters there. But the fact that I was in a hotel and this dude walks past me with a fucking gun case in his hand, it just it fucking spooked me like in a weird way. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, where are you going to clean the animal if you're staying? Is that what it's called when you gut them and stuff? Yeah. Uh, like, where are you going to do that at a hotel? In the parking lot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the bathtub, like in Scarface? <laughs> I mean, maybe he's maybe he's on his way to go hunting somewhere. Because this was a nice hotel. Like, it was like, well, I probably shouldn't say which, but it was, a, it was a nice hotel. And he, yeah, he just walked in with a fucking gun rifle. Like, uh, honestly, that still probably isn't that weird of a thing to the hotels around here. Because, I mean, they're probably hunters and they probably don't want to leave their guns out in their truck if think gets stolen or something but it was just weird to me considering recent events that this dude fucking walked past with a gun case and it spooked me much like the 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 snipers in the purge 2 and they've got traps in the street with yeah. snares and it's i mean it's there you know there are people that want this like you said people would be all about it out out in your uh neck of the woods <laughs> the, the glee the glee at the violence that's going on like is, is just really struck a nerve with me and I, th- I think that's when i messaged you last night i was like this is a terrifying fucking movie because of how real it seems like yeah. you can you can almost like see like the bloodlust in these and they're actors it's a movie obviously but like it's played so straight that it's 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 kind of unnerving honestly what's been out not not too long ago i mean belco experiment did you did you see mayhem no i've heard it's great i've been meaning to get around to it i I enjoyed it it's it's 
I, I can see some of the criticism that that's had is that it's not the Belko experiment. It it was fun, you know, but it didn't really do anything crazy new. But I would definitely watch it again. And I, I like love, that Joe uh, Joe Lynch. He's he's a good director. He's the other half of uh, that Holliston show with the Hatchet director Adam yeah. Green, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, I loved Holliston. I don't know if it's still going on. It's not. It's it's been long rumored to come back, and I think uh, Dave Brocky dying had a lot to do with it not coming back. That's my guess. Is I don't know how they would have been able to. Uh, that was like a big part, even though he wasn't in that much. He was the you know the iconic part. He was like the Doogie Howser screen. <laughs> he shows up once an episode <laughs> to offer sage like advice, dressed as odorous Urungus from Guar. Fine. Sell out. Get a job. A nice nine to five one. Sit in front of the idiot box all night and watch some stupid sitcom. All the while wondering what it might have been like if you'd hung in there for just one more day. It's easy for you to say you're not even real. If I wasn't real, could I do this? Oh, you dick. If you give up, you're the dick. It's like Kurt Cobain once said. I'll give up. Don't be that guy. And no, that joke wasn't too soon. It's been 20 years. You people need to get over it. Do you know how I've... Yep, tangent number noticeable tangent number three um, the holliston tangent the holliston tangent as it will forever be known um i was at a horror hound co- convention i can't remember if it was in cincinnati or in indianapolis they just had one here in columbus this year but that was the first year that they had it but i just saw odorous and d snyder walk into a room go i'm gonna go in there (laughs) (laughs) that might be that sounds pretty cool yeah and it was a table reading uh, with the full main cast of holliston that's how i found out about the show that's cool they did yeah it it was pretty rad pretty pretty much when when i heard that there was a show that had odorous urungus in it i was immediately sold and I, i think i'd seen hatchet at that point but yeah, I was. I've been a huge Guar fan for many, many years now. So back to the purge from our Holliston tangent. Yeah, where the, were we in this this fucking goofy ass movie? Uh, movies where people release the beast. Uh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Sounds so pornographic. <laughs> we need to get Bo to do the Billy his Billy Zane impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> release the beast. Mayhem, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, <laughs> did you, you? We talked about Mom and Dad before, right? Have you seen Mom and Dad? I have not. That was a that was another big one at Fantastic Fest last year that I unfortunately didn't get to see. That was fun. I had Nicholas Cage doing the Cage Rage. Um, <laughs> You're about to enter a cage of rage. I would definitely say it's much better than the Wicker Man remake. I know that's oh, a well. controversial statement. That movie's in a league of its own. <laughs> I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even know if you could call that a movie. It's more like fabric sculpture of film or something. It's Nicolas Cage running around yelling at women and hitting them, and then he dies. 
dressed, dressed as a bear sometimes. Frank Grillo does not dress like a bear in The Purge 2. He does not. But he bears it all. He leaves, he bears he leaves the it in the street. Of, he bears the burden of some really disposable characters. Yes. That follow him around through this whole movie. I gotta get this car. It's like, okay, we're gonna get you this car. And then they, you know, like you said, there's all those different scenes. There's the snipers. There's a crazy lady yelling Bible verses through a megaphone. Oh, that was fucking bonkers. I, I like that part. That that seemed like, I don't know. This is something really weird and unique about it. It's just people losing their fucking shit, which, again, seems so fucking real. A lot of what she's saying is kind of hard to follow, but it's basically like like liberal fucking beat poetry kind of. One part Jack Kerouac, one part Max Cady. And uh, she's like, got I an <laughs> I, I imagine there is being high on like fucking LSD or something. Because yeah, drugs would be all be legal during the purge too. They don't ever really get into that in any, at least not the first two. I can't remember what the the rich people all drink or snort or smoke or whatever at their kill 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 the poor uh, parties. Do you think there'd be there would definitely be like small businesses that only operate one day of year and sell like a fucking ass load of like heroin and cocaine and mushrooms and LSD and Molly that would probably be what a lot of people would be doing on the purges staying in their house and doing drugs you would hope so that's you know that's a vice crime that that would also be another another contributing factor to crime going down because you could probably it's like when the fucking the eclipse comes to town like that one day a year or whatever you fucking make an ass load of money and then you check out for the rest of the year and chill until the next purge, I guess. The the economics of the purge. I like to know the nuts and bolts of this thing. The grandpa sold himself for $100,000. I don't think they talk about... So eventually... Okay, so they get to where the car is and there is no car. Yeah, she, they 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 get to the chick's friend's house. They're, they're all getting drunk and partying. They're in like a, a fairly secure apartment building from the sounds of it. Like the old guys, the fucking landlord. You know, I got it locked up tight. Nobody could ever get in here. Her friend's sister is there with her husband wearing jungle fatigues um, in Los Angeles. <laughs> the, the, fr- the friend is dressed like she's going to the fucking Hollywood premiere or something or the gala or, I don't know, this is like a, like, she, she doesn't really, like, I don't think, realize what's going on tonight. Uh, definitely doesn't realize what these people have just been through and, like, all the bloodshed. She's she's treating it like it's Oscars night and they're having an Oscars party. Yeah, We're drinking bottles and bottles of wine and let's she- dance. She's popping pills in the bathroom because d- deep down she's she's not happy. She deep down we're all destroyed, lady. So she decides that she's had enough of her sister rubbing up on her man, or what? She said, "I read the emails. I know what's going on." Yeah, the the the, the friend's sister fucking comes around the corner like Frank Grillo is about to hop out the fucking door because. <laughs> He is fucking pissed that there's no goddamn car and he may have like completely wasted the entire night and he's not going to get to his target by the end of the purge. So he's on the way out. The fucking friend's sister comes around the corner, blasts her fucking sister 
and wants to kill the fucking husband because they've been cheating. It's an episode of Maury. And the douchebag takes the, the teenage girl as a human shield. Yeah, nice guy. You don't want to kill her. She didn't do anything to you. That's um, why I'm going to let her to take the first hail of bullets. But they get out of there. They blast yeah. their way out. I think Frank Grillo shoots everybody in this situation is <laughs> resolved. They don't explain how they get out of the building if it was locked up so tight. Do they just leave the fucking door open? Because everybody in that apartment is pretty much shot. Maybe it's one of those doors that is, uh, you know, from the outside it's locked, but you can open it from the inside. They pretty much run out, out of the frying pan straight into the fire. They run into the scary people. The roving government death squads. Big Daddy? Was that is that what they yeah. called that guy? Yeah, the, the Resident Evil villain. Um, yeah. he's, he's like a really tall, lanky old dude with a bandage on his face, or at least after he gets shot by Frank Grillo, he's got a bandage on his face. And he's always wearing aviator sunglasses. You, you look like you can't see a good portion of his face. It's kind of the, the Judge Dredd thing, like he's almost <laughs> like he's a cop or something. <laughs> then they get they get picked up by the fucking the kids with the face paint in the ice cream truck. <laughs> All right, and we're not going to kill you. We're going to sell you to... And for some reason, I figured it was Mafia Run. I don't know why, but that seemed, that's just from... We talked about Hostel earlier. There's usually some sort of organized crime at the end of something as elaborate as hunting people to sell to the rich. Right. You know, that I think in this one, they're kind, of, they're kind of implying that it's just like the, the super rich are all part of just like the, the Illuminati basically, I think is kind of what they were going for. <laughs> the private hunting clubs auctioning off people. Go, oh, do you have your signature knives and oh, are your shitty sons going to go along with you? This is their first purge, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, it's, it's almost like, I think it's kind of vaudevillian, like how they reveal the people like on the stair, like how the viewer is revealed what's going on, that these people are being sold to like, Again, like the the purge is like it's like the big fucking event, the big gala to all these rich people. And it's like it's it's only been a few years that they've been doing this. And it's already like a, a very ingrained normal thing to all these people to be paying large amounts of money to get to fucking hunt people. So like maybe this has been going on for a lot longer and now <laughs> it's just government sanctioned. But that's where Frank Grillo and all of our other fucking disposable characters (laughs) end up in the craziest laser tag court. (laughs) It was very, again, straight straight out of like Call of Duty or something. They got night vision goggles and they just turn these people loose on this very dark path. And you know, Frank Grillo is going to kill at least a few of these motherfuckers. He's not going down without a fight. Frank Grillo is hard to kill. Bird baths and weird things just all around there. And yeah, he takes out a bunch of people and the couple sort of does a little bit. Dude gets shot. Yeah, we, we might have skipped over the part where they're in the subway tunnel and there's yeah. all the homeless people and getting hunted the... by people in dune buggies. Yeah, the dune buggy flamethrower punks fucking kill a bunch of them. And yeah, we, we, we see the, the worthless couple with the broken down car finally sort of kind of do something. The, dude, the dude's master plan was to hide behind like a three foot concrete barrier and say, <laughs> just shoot. Just keep shooting. I, I keep wondering, like I keep expecting there to be a part in one of these movies where like 
one of these characters just accidentally shoots somebody in the fucking back because they don't like have proper training on how to carry a military <laughs> fucking machine gun, especially yeah. these weird like they're not like ARs that these guys pick up. There's some sort of weird fucking like Russian model kind of modified thing. But uh, I'm, I'm not that big of a gun guy, but I recognize some things about it. Yeah, I keep I keep waiting for that scene where like somebody just acts accidentally fucking waste somebody. That's more realistically what probably would have happened. But <laughs> th- those two get their moment to be kind of action stars, basically, so that the audience wouldn't fucking hate them so much. So they gave a shit when she's like, I thought I was going to lose you or something like that. Let's yeah, let's, let's not get divorced. He gets, yeah, the 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 dude driving the broke dog car gets wasted pretty fucking quick once they get to the ultimate laser tag arena. They're, they're like, they're just about to say I love you to each other. <laughs> I think she gets it out and then his body just explodes in a fucking hail of bullets. All the squibs. Their squib budget for that day was out of control. Closing in and just when you think it's all over for all the disposable characters and Frank. The not Black Panthers show up. They're organized. Dude's like, I need a firing line. Does Frank Grillo tell the rich old crazy lady that's running the stuff to run away? Does he spare her or something like that? Yeah, I think he steals her car or something. And for whatever reason, decides not to kill her. He sends her on her merry way. She runs away like, oh, Frank Grillo. Oh, I've seen the error of my ways for 364 days. She'll be back to the, the, the purge games next year. Well, this is where some of the people part ways. Useless woman that's sort of useful now wants to stay and fight to avenge her dead almost ex-husband with the not Black Panthers. And Frank Grillo leaves, but Callie and Eva go with him. That's when the... We find out that he's been planning this all year. He left some sort of weakness in the guy's defense system. And he's going to kill the guy like he always planned, even though Callie's been trying to talk him out of it the whole time. The sun's coming up, so he's only got like a fucking hour of the purge to get this done. He gets in pretty easily. I, I, You know, everybody's still asleep. Kicks him or he hits him in the head and pushes the girl, yanks the pillow off the girl or... I forget. He's kind of... Ah, he roughs know. him up, and he definitely looks like he's about to fucking kill him. I think he even pulls out like a big a big hunting knife and points it right in his fucking eyeball. Like, we're definitely led to believe that he is totally about to waste this guy that apparently ran over his son while drunk driving. And we don't really, like... Honestly, we're kind of like, do it, Grillo. Cut this guy's fucking head off. Okay, kill him! Uh, it sort of turns out that way. <laughs> the next thing we see is Frank Grillo walking out the door without any like sort of resolution to that scene. And he immediately gets shot by Big Daddy, who's also been shot like about I don't know, 12 times in this fucking movie already. Like he keeps coming <laughs> back like bad case of herpes. And uh, yeah, he, he says some very movie like Capcom cinematic like bad guy kind of stuff to Frank Grillo. It was easy to see where you were headed tonight. Hell, I would have done the same thing. There's an unwritten purge rule, Sergeant. Don't save lives. Tonight we take lives. We make things manageable for us. Unfortunately, the citizens aren't killing enough. So we supplement it all. 
keep things balanced. It's important work the NFFA does, and we can't have any interference. Can't have heroes. Oh no, sir. No heroes. I hope you feel cleansed. Blessed be America, a nation reborn. And then Big Daddy explodes in a fucking hail of bullets. And who comes walking out the door? The dude that ran over Frank Grillo's son. So he didn't kill him. He did the right moral thing. And then saves his life. And then the other dude gets some redemption by saving Frank Grillo's life. Drive him to the hospital. They're the first people there. So no waiting. Uh, that's going to be the worst day to go to the emergency room. Is like oh, yeah. 7.05 on March 22nd. You know, the garbage trucks are going to be busy, too, because all the dumpsters are full of fucking dead bodies. Because they were, yeah, useless couple was going to hide in one. It was like, oh, there's just bodies in there. Should have thought about <laughs> like, that. Nope. Let's keep, let's, let's, let's look, try the next dumpster down. Yeah. This might one's be a full nicer already. dumpster. <laughs> Usually I'm just worried about like dirty hypodermic needles and dumpsters when I climb into them to hide, but this one's full of dead bodies. And that is Purge 2. Anarchy. Or I guess Anarchy. it's just called the Purge Anarchy, but it's the second one. Yeah, they don't use numbers on movies anymore. The Purge Resurrection. Now that could be. Who knows? I'm I hope sure. not. I, I hope they do more original fucking subtitles than that. I like Let's the see. first Purge. Yeah, there's the first Purge. I'm wondering maybe there'll be... I don't know. A too scene. Fast <laughs> to Purge. Send us your Purge ideas over at Facebook groups, search Psycho Semantic Cast or Psycho Semantic Podcast. Come join. Uh, talk about politics or post doctored photographs or tell us your ideal purge title <laughs> without a number. Or tell us what you would what what would you do during the purge? What 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 crime would you would you commit? I mean, don't don't get say anything that's gonna fucking get you out of an FBI list or anything. Yeah. But. Don't get yourself in Facebook jail or an FBI <laughs> list. <laughs> and that way we can watch you purge. It'll be a Facebook yep. live stream. Just don't play any copywritten music. They'll shut you down. Is there anything you want to add or your final summation to the uh, to the second film? I, I like the second one better than the first one. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, th- I think this is more in the direction of the more interesting parts of this idea for this franchise. Um, which is what's going on out in the streets. That uh, was the big complaint about the first one was we're stuck in the house. This one, we get to see uh, a little bit more of it. The The first third of this thing, honestly, I, I find fucking terrifying. And like the more, the more real world violence that happens, the more movies like this, like strike a certain chord that I find incredibly disturbing. And like I said, a lot of, a lot of little stupid shit in this movie, like it just it set me off like the fucking sniper guy on the roof to where like it's 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 playing on real real world shit. And it's really effective at that. And um, it, it plays everything super straight. So it, it has very realistic feel to it, even though at its core, it's kind of a dumb action movie with a somewhat cool premise behind it. But uh, yeah, I like part two a lot better than the first one. I think like 
You could almost skip the first one and just go with the second one. You could almost watch all of these out of order, except for I don't, like I said, I, I can't remember a fucking thing about the third one, <laughs> except for Frank Grillo's in it. He's like Sarah Palin's bodyguard or something. I remember the girls with the golden AK-47s killing the shopkeeper, and there's some kind of lame... Like it's it's where a lot of it seemed a little bit more forced and contrived, kind of like they're really kind of pushing for these social commentary kind of messages and like real world parallels. So I don't know. Hopefully this one that's coming out does that a little bit better. But back to formula. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, try try to keep it as grounded and like realistic as possible. But don't, you know, make the real world references quite so on the nose, like casting a fucking Sarah Palin lookalike as one of your leads. The woman that Frank Grillo's protecting in the third one is like a rising star senator or congresswoman that is running for president and she wants to eliminate the purge. And so all of a sudden the government's, well, you know how it used to be all government agents uh, level 10 or higher were protected. Actually, it's level 11 all level 10s and then they send a hit squad after her I, I, that's at least my my memory because that was the first one that i saw and i haven't rewatched it that's that's kind of my experience with it too i don't i don't remember a whole lot about it we might have to come back and revisit it like yeah. when the, the new one comes out but um yeah i don't know i, I remember kind of not like i come i kind of remember not liking the third one that much and a lot of cool action stuff in it. And Frank Grillo gets to fucking beat some fucking asses. But I, I remember it seemed kind of cheesy and forced at that point. So I don't know. We'll see. So, so far, I think I like part two best just because it does like a lot of terrifying fucked up shit and gets kind of the meat of the thing. The, the other movies are going to serve their purpose. Like I said, to explain some of the nuts and bolts of how all this works. Cause I think there's lots of room to play in that universe and, I might get a little bit more out of it, like in that mind frame, if I go back and watch part three. But um, I don't know. I, I think you're right. These movies get kind of a bad rap and they're not like they're good popcorn kind of horror action movies. But um, they do some stuff incredibly well, like especially the horror stuff. Yeah, that is. Uh, I hope everybody survived this year's purge. We'll be back again. Enjoy your purge, people. Try try to do fun like mischievous illegal things on your purge and not just go like kill and rape people yeah there's entirely too much violence in this country already and people need to realize that and kind of do what they can to keep that in check happy purge everybody stay safe happy purge hopefully see you next year Upon this threshold of disaster, the birth of the eleventh day, the fires burn at night, I begin to doubt the smell of burning flesh will ever fade away. The touch of death is all around us, a thousand corpses block our way. A man made germ makes almost everyone commit suicide. Rise of the dead. Night of the living 
you know how sometimes something ends and you're like, that doesn't sound like that was the last thing they said.